next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Gordon Monson vacation continues on for one more day. Uh, Broadcasting live today from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Eric Jensen uh, producing today across the glass from me. Austin also uh, vacationing. Uh, although Austin isn't really vacationing, I mean this is uh, this is a very Austin thing uh, because uh, he's on the ball like that. But uh, he's he's doing the staycation thing to get the 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 to do list things crossed off. Uh, Austin um, expecting uh, kid number two coming up here shortly, and so uh, very responsibly taking his hard-earned vacation days to... I call it Truercation 2021. Yeah, to do work. And so uh, we uh, we wish Austin well. I wish he would get some rest and relaxation, but uh, that's that's not Austin. That's not typical Austin fashion. He's uh, making it happen. So, uh, you know, we can't make fun of Austin too much this week because, you know, he's probably listening. You know what's good. You know what goes well with uh, chores and projects and those sorts of things. Uh, Sports talk radio. So shout out to Austin out there. Uh, hope he's doing well. And Austin, of course, has uh, lined up a uh, a wonderful show for a Monday today. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, uh, let's see here. We're going to talk to our friend Jonathan Reinhardt uh, coming up at uh, the top of the five o'clock hour. Summer league begins this week. In fact, uh, tomorrow. Uh, Summer League is going, and uh, Jonathan is the president of the Salt Lake uh, Salt Lake Stars, uh, Salt Lake City Stars, excuse me, and uh, also uh, puts on the Summer League. And uh, we're going to talk to him about all that goes into that, uh, the Jazz teams coming in, and uh, yeah, our friend Jonathan Reinhardt's going to be in the studio. Uh, Eric, I don't know if we're capable of this, but by five, I feel like we should be there. Uh, last week, Austin put together a, a comparison. Uh, a voice comparison uh, from Pac-12 Media Day between our guy Jonathan Reinhardt and Jimmy Lake. We should have that ready to play for Jonathan. We'll do. Because they are our voice twins. They have the exact same voice. I couldn't believe it. Blew me away. I was sitting right there in front of Jimmy Lake. I was like, "Where is this voice sounds like somebody I know. Who is this? And it hit me. Jonathan Reinhardt. And then we, we played it last week. And I think I was vindicated. So... Uh, there you go. Stuart Mandel will be with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Stuart, a great college football writer for The Athletic, is going to jump on with us. You know, Texas-Oklahoma conference real, uh, realignment continues to be a big story. 
Uh, Bob Bowlesby was up in front of the Texas State Legislature today uh, talking about what exactly is going on. So we'll we'll get into that story a little bit. But uh, Stuart will be great to have on with us, and uh, we can kind of get a, a Pac-12 preview with him. We'll get his thoughts on BYU as well. Uh, but uh, great guest coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And then at 3, it is NBA Free Agency Day, and so we're going to talk to our friend Sarah Todd, who covers the Utah Jazz for the Deseret News. Uh, Sarah currently, she kind of did a, a mail mailbag article uh, that she has up at uh, Deseret.com, um, free agency and off-season questions answered. I thought she did a really nice job of laying out kind of what's in front of the Jazz as uh, free agency is here. So uh, she'll be very useful to have uh, on the air at the top of the 3 o'clock hours. We kind of get you set for exactly what may or may not happen uh, with the Jazz. So she'll join us at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. We're going to sandwich in a little what's going on. We'll probably do that at the 30s. Uh, 4.30 and 5.30, check in with uh, DJ and PK, and also uh, Hans and Scotty as a busy big show rolls along. So uh, we're going to start, in fact, with uh, NBA Free Agency, and let's get into the split story of the day. Eric, if you please. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All I can tell you, um, two things. One, we have a plan. We always have a plan. And we're going to go execute that to the best of our ability. And Ryan's resources and commitment to spending are going to be at levels that we've never done with the Jazz. That, that of course, was Justin Zanuck, uh, who is uh, general manager for the Utah Jazz. That was not uh, his uh, a clip from our show, but he was on the big show uh, last week. So uh, on Friday, if you missed that, uh, go to where you get your podcasts. It was uh, it was great to have Justin on, and uh, he was uh, uh, it was fun to have him on uh, the day after, not only to talk about uh, what happened with the draft last week, but also Derek Favors and what went into that uh, that trade, which of course was kind of a uh, um, maybe a tell as to uh, what's going uh, to happen with this uh, jazz team during free agency. But uh, split story of the day brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. All right. Uh, the, the jazz moving Derek Favors, freeing up that salary. Uh, it cost them basically a first round pick to do so, but certainly worth it. If uh, the Jazz are going to uh, accomplish what they want to in the offseason, that, of course, is signing, uh, re-signing Michael Conley. We've talked uh, at great length of why that is important that it happened. Um, long and short of it, if you don't mind spending the tax money, simply you, you cannot uh, replace Michael Conley. The, him leaving does not free up that cash to go spend elsewhere, to go look for a different player, different type of player, whatever. Uh, since they're over the cap and over the tax, they don't spend it. Uh, it's gone. So um, losing with uh, for no, you know, losing with no compensation to play a player like Mike Conley, who was an All Star last year, is is just you're going to be a different team next year. Now maybe they're they're still a playoff caliber team, and you know what moves could they do to get better in the periphery? I mean, would certainly be uh, a question, but. 
the Jazz are hoping they don't have to go down that route. They, they can just uh, re-sign Michael Conley and uh, maybe uh, use the taxpayer exemption to go get another type of player. Maybe we still see a, a trade in the future. If there is a contract the Jazz are, are willing to move off of, I, I think that that, or a, I should say a, a veteran with a contract that is movable, uh, will they elect to do that? Now, we saw various reports over the weekend about uh, the Jazz re-signing Michael Conley. You, you know, it seems to me that that is uh, the direction that the wind is blowing, that uh, uh, the Jazz want to bring him back. I think that's been uh, made abundantly clear in a number of different ways. Uh, but that Michael uh, Michael Conley must be willing to come back because we're seeing reports coming out about with some, some figures. Because that, of course... Uh, was the biggest uh, unanswered question in all of this was does what would Mike do when it's his choice? He had never been a free agent in his career before. So maybe there were some things that uh, that determined where he wanted to go or or did not want to go. And we can talk about overall free agency and what else is uh, is out there and moves that uh, may or may not happen with uh, with free agents. But it, would there be a suitor that would give Michael Conley what he wanted, whatever that was? Now, I think the, the Jazz certainly have a, a great argument to be made as, as a place where you can win. The Jazz had the best uh, record in the league. Uh, I'm sure you know Mike himself will tell you there was some unfortunate circumstance. The playoffs didn't go the way that, uh, that they wanted it to go, obviously. Uh, but w- what were those reasons, and can you know it be overcome? And frankly, is there a better place to win elsewhere? Um, I, it looks to me by the the various reports out there, we saw one that said three years and uh, and seventy five million dollars. We saw one that said three years and sixty million dollars. The one constant there, of course, is length of deal. And I would guess that that would be very attractive to Mike Conley, given where he is in his career and age. You know, to have that type of payday going forward for three years would probably be a big deal. And thus, uh, you're, you, that's why the Jazz would be offering it. Um, you know, there's a big difference between 75 uh, and $60 million, obviously. But that's about the window we probably expected. Michael uh, no longer a max player, certainly, even though he is an all-star and would probably ch- uh, trade, you know, a a big paying for, you know, one year deal. If you were to go to free agency, you know, what could you get out there? Or will you go with the three year deal and have the jazz be in the neighborhood? You know, it depends on what he's valuing. Uh, but it looks like the wind is blowing that Michael Conley uh, will indeed come back uh, to the Utah Jazz. And we'll keep you up to date. If there are any reports, of course, uh, 6 o'clock is, is kind of the, the big time to keep our eyes on when things can become, you know, officially, officially, official, uh, officially open. But we'll let you know if any uh, Woj or Shams reports uh, come out or if we see anything from the likes of uh, Sarah Todd who's going to join us uh, at the top of the 3 o'clock hour or, uh, you know, Ben Anderson or Andy Larson or any of our, Tony Jones, any of our other friends who cover the Jazz on a daily basis. So we certainly will keep you updated uh, on the latest with that. Around the rest of the NBA, um, you know, it's interesting to me that Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul uh, both opted out um, for different reasons. Uh, You know, Kawhi Leonard... He must not believe that his uh, ACL surgery is going to affect his value on the open market whatsoever, which uh, I suppose is probably true. Um, You know, we've seen like uh, LeBron James when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. um, 
keep signing these one-off contracts to keep the pressure up on the franchise to continue to invest in it, uh, as well as kind of uh, leveraging his value for them to do exactly what he wanted to do. But now we're seeing uh, Kawhi Leonard, in, in a sense, do the same thing. And the Clippers, you know, what's expected is, you know, the Clippers are going to re-sign him. They'll max him out again. I'll be curious to see exactly how long, because uh, I believe that uh, he does like the the control. You know, player empowerment, we usually talk a lot about LeBron James. Well, honestly, Kawhi Leonard should probably be the poster child for this. Uh, Sam Amick wrote a great piece in The Athletic today, our good friend, one of our daily assist guests, where he kind of lays out his thoughts on on what to expect with a variety of different situations, including the Jazz with Michael Conley. Uh, but uh, here's what Sam said in his article. Uh, uh, per sources, Leonard attended several recent workouts for their draft prospects, more than he had in the past and has been in frequent communication with the team staff as free agency neared. So Kawhi Leonard, I mean, if if those um, actions are, are any indication, uh, he's going to be back with the Clippers. I certainly uh, would expect that to happen. I saw uh, an interesting little anecdote um, from a story from Ramona Shelburne today talking about uh, Kawhi Leonard, but more specifically talking about Russell Westbrook. And I, I thought that this was uh, I thought this was fascinating um, in in comparison to the move that the Lakers just made, you know, uh, uh, trading for Russell Westbrook. Uh, obviously, that's something that LeBron wanted to happen, uh, even though I don't think that makes them that much better as a team. But uh, one interesting thing from coming from Ramona Shelburne, when uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, when Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Uh, were in Oklahoma City together, and then, of course, that famous offseason where the the Clippers made the move for Paul George and then Russell Westbrook was off, off to uh, to Houston after Oklahoma City went into full rebuild mode. Well, uh, at least according to Ramona Shelburne's reporting, what kind of brought that on was Russell Westbrook called Kawhi Leonard because that's that's where the wind was blowing with Kawhi, was going to the Clippers, called Kawhi Leonard, knew that, that Kawhi was going to be the you know, kind of decision maker, end all be all here on on who he wanted to play with, and Russell Westbrook said, "Hey, I I'm really interested in getting to play close to home, close to my family, and uh, you know, deciding my future." On and on and on. So, what did Kawhi Leonard do? Uh, he hung up the phone with Russell Westbrook, called Paul George, and said, "You know, Paul, just got a phone phone call from your teammate Russ, and." I'd rather play with you. So if it's ending there in Oklahoma City, let's uh, let's make that happen. So he took the the inside info with Russell Westbrook calling him and and turned around and and did the whole Paul George thing, which um, you know is or is not working out for the Clippers currently. But expect Kawhi Leonard, who may actually miss all of next season. Um, expect him to re-up with the Clippers. The fascinating part will be uh, to see exactly how long that uh, that deal ends up being. The other big opt-out was uh, was Chris Paul. I was surprised that he opted out of his deal just because it was $44 million bucks, and there there's no way he's getting that in in one year in a multi-year deal at least I certainly wouldn't uh, I wouldn't imagine that to be the case but you know here's another player much like Michael Conley who's probably interested in in signing a multi-year deal um the thing with with Chris Paul is Phoenix is where he's going to be the most valued finan- financially speaking now Chris uh, reportedly wants to be close to his family in New Orleans or in uh, Los Angeles which apparently 
Uh, every NBA player's family lives in L.A. these days. But he wants to be close. So the, a lot of people are out there saying, including our friend Sam Amick, that you know Phoenix is about as close as he's going to get, to get if, if he's wanting to be paid a lot of money. Because the Lakers and the Clippers just simply don't have don't have it. I mean, especially now the Lakers trade for for Russell Westbrook, you know, they don't have the financial wherewithal to go get Chris Paul. So unless he's willing to eat, you know, a tax pay, a taxpayer exemption um, exception, excuse me, then uh, then he's probably not going to end up on either of those two teams. Which you know, if you can get a contract you know paying chris paul 30 million bucks you know three years you know three years 100 million dollars is kind of what's out there if he can get that from the phoenix suns and if he you know i'm sure chris paul as as much as i find him unlikable i mean i'm sure he's out there to cement his legacy by getting a ring he's got to be asking himself the same question michael conley's got to be asking himself where can i go to put myself in the best position to do that if that is indeed what he values and get his money and be as close to his family as possible uh it it looks to me like he's going to be staying put there in phoenix which is probably the right move for both the franchise and uh, chris himself although i wouldn't be surprised if the suns ended up regretting that contract toward the uh toward the end of the deal but uh but you never know i mean chris paul has been uh he's been very good these past couple of stops in Oklahoma City and uh, and in Phoenix and he turned out and I I here's where I was wrong I did not think he would mesh well with Devin Booker and uh, he's meshed just fine with Devin Booker who in fact has um, you know um, you look at his uh, there was uh, one particular exchange uh, with the media because his uh, and I'm trying to remember might have been around all-star time but it was with a it was with a foreign reporter because there were a lot more access. It's the reason why I actually think Zoom press conferences are, are here to stay, because there were a lot more access for foreign uh, news outlets who wanted to report on the NBA, which uh, you know I think the NBA certainly values and, uh, and should their brand's popularity abroad. But there was a foreign reporter who asked Evan Booker about his game taking a step back, because if you look into his stats— you know, his stats are not as gaudy as they were before Chris Paul got there. He got, you know, his feathers ruffled. And I actually, I'll, I'll, stick, up, I'll stick up for him here. Rightfully so, he got his feathers a little bit ruffled because he, he was a guy who sacrificed for the team. Who, who Chris Paul probably came in with a message of, uh, yeah, we're going to be a team here. This is the attitude we're going to have. It's no longer about the one. It's about the many. And he prob- uh, Devin Booker probably bought in. And here was a reporter asking him why his season wasn't as good as last year. And he kind of said, hey, what are you talking about? Uh, and he's totally right. You know, totally right. Second best record in the league, uh, getting all the way to the NBA Finals. And so, you know, I, I would bet Chris Paul stays in Phoenix. And that's probably the correct uh, decision for, uh, for pretty much everybody involved. But outside of that. Uh, there's a lot of kind of uh, smaller things to be answered. Uh, I, I'm not sure if we see immediately the the fireworks, the big the big deal. I don't think that uh, that Portland, unless they absolutely have to, is going to be willing to move Damian Lillard. So you know, the last we heard from Damian, who I'm sure is is bothered by the distraction while he's p- uh, playing there in Tokyo, but. You know, last we heard, he is not making such a request. And if he does not make such a request, um, I don't think that uh, Portland moves him. They, they would be foolish to do so. Now, C.J. McCollum, there's uh, been all sorts of uh, rumors out there that he's being floated as Portland tries to maybe reshuffle the deck 
a little bit to try and take the next step. That's that's something that uh, that certainly has been out there. The Ben Simmons, I absolutely do not expect that to happen. The Ben Simmons deal in any way, shape, or form, because I don't know what Elton Brand and Daryl Morey are are thinking, but they are absolutely asking for the moon and back for that guy. Um, I don't think they get it right. So uh, I I don't see any of those big. Uh, moves happening now. Kyle Lowry, it looks like, uh, if you believe the reports out there, that uh, it, it will likely be a sign-in trade deal involving Miami, although there are an extra, a couple of extra teams out there that may be uh, interested in his services as well, Dallas, New Orleans, but it looks uh, more than likely that Toronto is going to move on from Kyle Lowry, which will be pretty fascinating to see which direction Toronto goes, because uh, you just don't want to be stuck in the middle in the NBA, but you know, uh, they they need to go a different direction, obviously, than Kyle Lowry. But, you know, those others are interesting. You know, they're they're kind of younger teams looking to make the next step. Miami trying to get back to the finals or back to uh, contending in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if Lowry does that, but, you know, you could you, he's certainly a good player. Dallas and New Orleans, young teams probably looking for a, a veteran leader, and that makes a lot of sense for, for those teams as well. But, you know, outside of that, it'll be curious to see where Lonzo, what happens with Lonzo Ball. Does he end up uh, staying there in New Orleans? Uh, does he go elsewhere? DeMar DeRozan could be on the move. So there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. And, of course, uh, John Collins will be a big one. I would guess that the Hawks are going to back up the Brinks truck and uh, pretty much – Pretty much give him what uh, whatever he's looking for. So there's your your free agency update. Uh, as far as the Jazz go, expect them to resign Mike Conley. That's certainly what I'm expecting. And then outside of that, will they use the tax uh, taxpayer exemption exception? Why do I keep saying exemption exception, uh, which is a little over five million bucks to go out and and add a player? Will they make a big move? I mean, uh, certainly going to be interesting to see what they do from there. Uh, we're going to have Sarah Todd on the show at the top three o'clock hour. She can uh, she can help us uh, understand all of this uh, coming up. Uh, then Stuart Mandel at four. Our friend Jonathan Reinhardt, our good buddy, president of the Salt Lake City Stars, is going to jump in at the top of the five o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. Our guy uh, Gordon uh, not back today, uh, but we'll be back tomorrow. I did speak with him. Uh, he's he's having a travel day. And uh, it, I, I asked him how the vacation went, and, and I got a, a positive response. So we'll look forward to hearing all about it, I'm sure, uh, coming up tomorrow, as Gordon usually takes us through a blow-by-blow account of, uh, of his vacations. But uh, certainly look forward to seeing him. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Homey. Finally, the way real estate should be, full-service local agents and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. That is Homie. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Westwood One Sports presents this special update on the 2020 Summer Games, sponsored by Charmin. We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? When Jade Carey left the venue Sunday, wasn't any enjoyment after she tripped and struggled to an eighth-place finish on the vault, but that changed on Monday. Gold medal on the floor. The 21-year-old from Phoenix topped Italy's Vanessa Ferrari for the top spot. 
assuring that all six U.S. gymnasts who went to Tokyo are returning with a medal. Simone Biles will have a chance to add to her career total. U.S. Gymnastics announced today she'll return for tomorrow's balance beam final. Jasmine Camacho-Quinn did something only one other Puerto Rican has ever done, win a gold medal. That in the women's 100-meter hurdles. Her brother is Bears linebacker Robert Quinn. Valerie Allman, gold for the U.S. in women's discus, just the third U.S. woman to win that discipline. Meanwhile, U.S. women's soccer lost to Canada in the semifinals 1-0. First loss to the Canadians in 20 years. The U.S. will have to beat Australia for the bronze while the Canadians get Sweden. With this Summer Games update, I'm Jason Horowitz, Westwood One Sports. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today, Alanis Morissette, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. We're giving away a pair of tickets today to one of Kiss, 311, Lady A, or Alanis Morissette. And here's the best part. You get to pick which concert you want to go to. Uh, we will get to a winner a little bit later on in the show. But if you want to grab tickets to see any of those, go to LiveNation.com. Eric, you're younger. Uh, what does Alanis do for you? She's. I I feel like I. To be honest with you, this is the first time I've ever sought out Alanis Morissette or listened. So you're not really familiar so with I, her catalog. So I'm not there. super familiar, but I'm I really see. heavy into like angsty like indie rockers. So I don't. Does she fit that? Yeah, yeah. Mold? she's she's a little angsty. Yeah, yeah. But there, there's also a little '90s pop mixed in there too. But not like she she was kind of an anti Britney Spears type in a sense. Okay, was, I kind of like that. She was a little bit older, and she was kind of pushing back against the the like sequiny pop type of thing. Yeah, I like that. I like a little bit like female artists that are a little bit rougher and kind of. Yeah, yeah and, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there you go. Yeah, I like Alanis. She it reminds me of my youth. She was all over the MTV back in the day. Which turned forty? Is that today or was that yesterday? I think it's today. The MTV turned. I think it is today. I do they play music videos at all on MTV? Because no, I, no. I I honestly have have not turned MTV in quite some time. I watched the challenge religiously for a big part of my life. But uh, the MTV has fallen by the wayside for me. Is it, it no music video? Uh, it wasn't music videos. It, it, so it is mainly if you're a younger person looking for where it's all streaming. MTV is all owned by Paramount Plus now. Uh, the challenge is good. I've watched a little bit of the challenge, but that's like the only MTV show I'm familiar with. I think it's mainly trashy reality TV, which I understand you're a fan of. Yeah, I do. I I am a fan of that. We we once did a a fantasy league. Actually, we did this for a bunch of years uh, for the challenge. We selected a player and we came up with a rule system and the whole thing. But I had a buddy, 
buddy was so we'd get together and watch it every week and I had a buddy who chronicled it by a video or whatever and then would edit it together and throw it out there and tag a bunch of them and he he <laughs> we know at least one of them watched the video because in the video he he said and this is a little extreme this is hyperbole mind you and he was upset because it was a big loss at the time but that that he wouldn't be sad if her plane crashed on the way home which is oh, granted yikes. a little bit you know that's not great no it's not terrific not, not a good gr- look not, not a not, not a terrific really. look and, and she responded oh yeah yikes yeah she responded that's so. a bad time that's, <laughs> that's a really a, bad time that's not it's not one of this particular person's finer moments, but we did we did discover that yes, indeed, these people were watching these videos, which was kind of funny. But was that was that like early days? Like, did you get it to them on like the early days of Twitter when it was only like nineteen people on there? Or whatever? Yeah, maybe even before. I think I'm trying to remember what social media thing he used. Probably early days of Twitter. That sounds probably about right. Anyway, I don't I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't tagging anybody. I wasn't even consenting to be filmed. But anyway, he got in trouble for that. With her, she she said that's not very nice. Which which certainly it was not. Uh, but uh, that's still going on the challenge because I did see a, an ad for it the other day. But anyway, MTV's forty and don't play any mu- music videos, which is where they started, like only playing mu- music videos. I guess I, here's my question for you on reality TV. I think I'd like it if I took the time to seek it. Where do you find the time? Well, I don't know. It's not like I'm just consuming uh, a bunch of reality shows. We we watch The Housewives. And I used to watch The Challenge. I don't watch that really anymore. I used to watch Jersey Shore. That obviously has been long gone. Um, we're not like into The Bachelor or anything like that. The truth is I don't have any time uh, to watch it. But I don't know. The Housewives had a random couple of sports connections, which right. which got me interested at the at the beginning. Plus, I find... Uh, like, like I love the show Big Love. Like, I, I find the the Hollywood or the pop culture take on our community fascinating. Don't you don't you find that interesting? That like the the that world's take on what life is like here. Yeah, it's kind of like everybody thinks, oh yeah, like it's and just, it's it's so reclusive and weird, but it's it's, it's really not. No, but and it's always portrayed completely ridiculous, right? Like, they just go inaccurately, to the most extreme levels. So I find that I find that fascinating. I mean, probably like somebody who gets a, an article uh, written about them in the uh, in the newspaper in some way, shape, or form, where they're like, "Well, that's kind of the story," but uh, you know. Um, anyway, I, I find I find the take on where we live because we do live in a very unique place, but is also much more normal than we get credit for. So I, I find those types of like I, I watched a couple of the escaping polygamy shows uh, just to see what that was all about. But in answer to your question, I don't really have time to watch a bunch of reality TV, but I'm not going to tell you I'm above it. It's mindless entertainment. That's that's what it is. It's it's what sports are for a lot of people. Something to right. something to put on and kind of check out and think about something else for a while. And it's it's crazy how big the like this this show covers sports, but there are shows like this show that specifically cover the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, and it, it, it's an industry. Right. But you know, so sports fans, I think. 
Here's the thing. I, I think sports fans know about the legitimacy, and that's that's an interesting topic today, given what's going on with the with the San Jose Sharks. But that there is some semblance of reality. I would expect that most people who consume reality television know it's not it's not necessarily reality. It's it's what. It's like people who who watch wrestling. It, they, it's exactly what the producers and the characters themselves want to portray. It's not it's not reality. I mean that's that's the the beauty of sports is yes. I mean we're going to these games. We see them play. We, it's it's legitimate competition. This is the. It's why I think it's the ultimate uh, soap opera uh, for for certainly for guys is sports because it's this never ending storyline that's always proceeding. But it it is based in this reality of of competition but it's still entertainment nonetheless it's something that gordon and i often talk about and he always disagrees because i believe i believe in the the beauty of the competition jake that's just the the beautiful nature of the the beauty and the beauty and the beautiful it's the competition whereas i love the i love the drama of it all i love the endless storylines i mean yeah i'm, I'm in a the, it's the beauty of the game and the, well, well the it's truth the is it's beautiful. it's both Kind of, except for I think that most people are talking about the beauty of the game. I think they're they're just trying to make themselves sound like smart and and not condescending. Well, there's but, also but like today. The, today's one of my absolute favorite days. Free agency day. This is the best. This is, uh, for those that like the game behind the game and the moving pieces and 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 roster building and all of that. Today is fascinating. You know, I love thinking about scenarios and what I would do from different points of view and how you manage that conflict. I find all of that fascinating, but it's all entertainment still to me because I'm not doing it. I mean, Justin Zanuck, who's uh, the, the GM of the Jazz, is not entertainment to him. His, his livelihood, his reputation, all those sorts of things uh, ride on decisions that he makes at the exact moment he makes them. I mean, I can't imagine a more high-pressure industry. I, I'm just some bozo talking on the radio about what I find interesting. You know, is all entertainment to me. But how fascinating is it? How much would you uh, be in Ryan Smith's shoes for, for a second today? You've got a team that absolutely should contend for the title next year. Maybe you don't call them the favorites, but they had the best record in the league this year. And one of the one of your key players is a free agent. He's aging physically, which we've seen in the NBA specifically with point guards. It it can leave you quickly. So you have to make these assessments and, and decide whether or not to bring him back on the roster uh, for what cost. Because since you're in the luxury tax, the cost is extraordinarily high. But if you let him just walk, the cost is high there too because all of a sudden maybe you're not in that NBA contender, contender category and you're left to put together the next piece. And you're probably sending the signal that you're you're not 100% committed or at least run, run that risk. And you certainly don't want to send that signal to your fans. But you more certainly don't want to send that signal to, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who are your cornerstone pieces uh, in the franchise. And those, you know, those two specifically, you've committed to doing everything you can to help them accomplish their goals. And, uh, you know, it, it becomes more difficult because those two are, are being compensated as all-stars and as the, the um, budding superstars that they are. But that comes now at a cost for ownership. And, you know, we talked about this, that the only the only legitimate uh, the only 
a person whose opinion would matter uh, that would have a legitimate argument to not re-sign Michael Conley is Ryan Smith because of the cost. But if you look at it from roster building, if you look at it from from Justin Zanuck's perspective, you look at it from Donovan, Rudy, you know Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, all the rest of the team, this thing is a no-brainer. Bring him back and and do what you got to do to do it. But it's not the you know Ryan Smith is who's going to be paying, and I do think he's he's probably trying to set a tone as an owner of what what he expects uh, you know out of the franchise and that uh, the tone he's going to set you going forward uh, to try and bring a, a championship to Utah. So you know it'll be fascinating to see exactly what comes out when, but I expect them uh, to re-sign Michael Conley. We were going to get into a little college uh, football here we got a little distracted there but uh coming up next i'll I'll talk to you about what's going on the latest with conference expansion uh we're going to talk to Stuart mandel at the top of the four o'clock hour so we're going to dig deep into it then jonathan reinhardt's going to be with us five and sarah todd at the top of the three o'clock hour stay tuned it's an action-packed big show 97.5 and This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available, Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. NBA free agency begins in an hour and... Thirteen minutes. So we're going to talk to Sarah Todd, uh, covers the Jazz for the Deseret News, coming up at the top of the three o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that four o'clock hour time. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the news comes in fast and furious, and uh, see if any of that news uh, involves the Utah Jazz. So Sarah's going to be on with us at the top of three o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. All right. Um, wanted to get into what's going on uh, with the Big Twelve. Bob Bowlesby was uh, in front of the Texas State Senate in a hearing about college sports. And I'm going to go, this is a a tweet thread from Amanda Kristovich, who covers uh, college sports for FOS, Front Office Sports, I believe is what that stands for, but she's worked for uh, others in the past, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, covering college sports. So uh, she's got a bunch of quotes and stuff in here. I'll just, uh, I'll start by going through it because, uh, I think some of the stuff is uh, is really interesting. Um, he uh, he talked about this. He said, "quote We estimate that the OU Texas participation is something approaching fifty percent of the value, talking about television revenue, of uh, the thirty five million dollar dis- uh, distributed last year. About twenty eight million of that was TV revenue. So the they estimate uh, fourteen million of that came from." Oklahoma and Texas. Um, Bullsby went on to talk about uh, broadcasting. He said the technology is evolving very quickly. The funding is not evolving as quickly in the future. Uh, the people that are going to consume those games are going to consume them on an a la carte basis. The cable funding model is extremely upside down, which uh, is something that uh, we've been talking about for a long time. And I, I've got to admit the that movement, that shift has not come as quickly as a lot of people uh, predicted, say, 10 years ago. Um, Bowlesby was asked about the cease and desist letter. He sent ESPN. He said this. He says, quote, we have agreed not to escalate this publicly. 
it's in neither party's best interest to do so. So there you go. Even though he's the one who made that very public as soon as he sent that. I mean, or unless you forget, Bob, you're, it was kind of an open letter that you sent there. But, uh, yeah. Um, he moved on. He said uh, he, uh, when asked, Bowlesby declines to agree that Texas and Oklahoma would make more m- money as members of the SEC. The answer to that is yes. Um, one senator said, quote, it seems to me that some of the other conferences have been a lot more aggressive. Bowlesby says he disagrees. I love this. BYU fans, uh, you're going to love this part. Um, the one senator asked if the Big 12 tried to expand. Bowlesby said, quote, we went through a very open process where we interviewed leadership from 18 different institutions. And ultimately, the board decided not to expand. Of course, we all remember that several years ago. BYU was one of those 18 institutions that were basically um, strung along so that the Big 12 could uh, could strangle just a few more dollars out of their television partners. So you wonder, uh, you wonder if uh, Texas, well, let's see, let's, let's move on with this. We'll go in order. One center asks uh, what options are available to the remaining eight schools. Uh, when and where is the decision point? Bowlesby said there is no drop dead date. It certainly would occur at the end of the current contract, but we expect a deal long before that. Yeah, this thing isn't going to 2425. There's there's absolutely no way. Um, but we can get into more of that coming up in a minute. Bowlesby said there uh, may be opportunities for mergers. There may be opportunities to add members. There may be other opportunities that are currently unforeseen. The eight of us staying together is probably the best option right now. Their eight members are steadfast in moving forward, which, of course, was the message that came out of the Big 12 meeting uh, last week, which I wasn't sure exactly if I, I truly believe. Honestly, though, if uh, they're worth $14 million bucks as the collective eight schools, that's still more than the American Athletic Conference. So uh, if you go strictly by that math, it might be worth them to, to stick together. But, of course, ESPN is the big uh, uh, deciding factor in this because they're the ones who are going to spend the big bucks, and the, they're the ones who determine what the American Athletic Conference's TV uh, uh, deal Really is. Um, let's see here. The uh, senator asked if ESPN is, quote, dictating, unquote, what schools can and can't do. Bowlesby said this, quote, it's a rhetorical question. Texas and Oklahoma were not in favor of expanding. That's because ESPN probably knew exactly what they were going to do. Of course, Texas and Oklahoma weren't in favor of expanding. They were going to try and milk the conference for every nickel before bouncing which is exactly what the what they're doing. So of course their their vote was not to expand. They never intended to uh, to expand at all. But the the ESPN if they're dictating what schools can and can't do, I find interesting because the other big story today and we'll get back to Bullsby had some more comments and we'll get back to those uh, in a moment. Uh, but there was the other big story in college football that's out there is that um, Clemson and uh, Oklahoma, or excuse me, Clemson and Florida State, according to Mark Ryan, who is uh, a radio guy, uh, not necessarily one of uh, your more well-known um, uh, uh, sports, uh, college football types, works for nine, uh, 929 The Game, um, anyway, in uh, Gainesville, so, or excuse me, Greenville, so he covers Clemson. Uh, But anyway, he said this, quote, uh, per a reliable source, Clemson 
and Florida State have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. The SEC is concerned that streaming numbers for Clemson and Florida State don't bring what Oklahoma and Texas do. Notre Dame is the only, quote, free agent, unquote, left that would, quote, add to the pot, unquote. So I, I find that interesting because uh, those two schools in particular wouldn't be enough to grow the SEC, certainly as much as uh, Oklahoma or Texas. But the SEC, while bringing in Texas, kind of m- creates an interesting problem for itself in that uh, because Florida doesn't want Florida State. They want to be the only school in Florida. South Carolina wants to be the only school in South Carolina. They didn't want to add Clemson, just like Kentucky didn't want to add Louisville back in the day. They, uh, Georgia doesn't want to add Georgia Tech. They want to be the lone SEC brand in the state, much like Texas A&M, of course, right? Uh, but they said, ah, Texas A&M, you're going to deal with it. We're bringing in Texas. Now, where does that, you know, where does that end? Because I do find it hard to believe that Florida State and Clemson particularly would not add to the bottom line. You know, I'm not an accountant, certainly not looking at the numbers, but that seems somewhat hard to believe uh, for for me. So maybe there's some other voices at play here. You know, South Carolina, Florida being like, eh, do we really want to? Is that worth it? Is that worth upsetting us? Um, but, you know, one thing is, is that ESPN also has a relationship with the ACC. So ESPN probably is in a hurry for Florida State and Clemson to jump ship because they they still gain value from the ACC. They want the ACC to be strong because that's another one of their products. Of course, the, the Big 12 was half in on ESPN and half in on Fox and then now all out on ESPN as it would have. Uh, but anyway... Would ESPN pay more to the SEC to damage another one of their products? And, of course, they have a a relationship with the ACC as far as the ACC network goes. So um, there were some other things Bowlesby said today in front of the Texas State Legislature. Uh, We can get to a few of those coming up uh, a little bit later on in the show. But coming up next, Sarah Todd, she covers the jazz for the Deseret News. She's going to jump on with us. Certainly looking forward to that. We'll get her thoughts on uh, on what she expects the jazz to do and what the options and, frankly, what the rules on what they uh, what the jazz can do. She has a, a great grasp on that. So we'll ask Sarah about that straight ahead right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.